Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, this is Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and today is Wednesday, February 17th, 2020, and this is your news and thoughts. Um, I thought it was really interesting and pretty funny, actually, when Chris Jericho on Talk is Jericho said that Vince McMahon had to be the worst wrestler he had ever seen, even though he decided creatively to give himself a Royal Rumble win. And listen to Chris Jericho talk about that. Um, it was it was hilarious. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. It it was really funny. Um, Vince McMahon Jr. Obviously, didn't wasn't a wrestler. Didn't want to be a wrestler. He wanted to be a promoter like his father. He wanted to take his his father's promotion or another promotion and build it into the empire that he has now. He had that vision. He had the the passion to create the booking and. Basically put territories out of business by buying them up and and stealing their stars. And he had that burning desire and that ambition. When he had Stephanie and Shane, he told them, you know, he did not want them to become wrestlers. So it doesn't surprise me that he didn't know how to wrestle and that Chris Jericho says he's the worst wrestler he's ever seen. Because... I think Vince's ego wanted him to be a character on WWF and then later WWE TV. And he wanted to fulfill those dreams and that ego. And he knew that eventually he was going to have to be in the ring, that he was going to have to take a bump, that he was going to have to give somebody a bump. And so... I just don't think that he ever put that much effort into it. Unlike Shane McMahon, who, you know, in previous news and thoughts I've told you, snuck around and got Macho Man and um, Bruce Prichard and um, trying to think who else, uh, but would get them and say, hey, you guys got to teach me stuff. And how Macho Man would sneak him down 
before shows. They would help put up the ring, and then he would put him in the ring and show him different things. And how Shane McMahon wanted to change his name or even go under a mask to wrestle. Um, so I, I think that's interesting that, you know, he is the world, world's worst wrestler that Chris Jericho's ever seen, but yet his son wanted to know the business from the bottom up. Uh, also, when Talk is Jericho, he had, uh, this week, the WWE ex-superstar, I guess, um, Eugene on, that was supposed to, um, be, I guess, Eric Bischoff's son, I think it was, but anyway, he was talking about how he was actually there in Ohio Valley Wrestling, in OVW, in 2002. If you know anything about that or you remember that, um, OVW used to be a WWE territory. It was the farm system before the farm system. It was where they sent people before they created. It was OVW, then turned into FCW, then that turned into NXT. Uh, WWE has always had kind of like a farm system or territory where they would send people so that they could get work. In 2002... It was at its prime. It had John Cena, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar in there, I think, for six-month period. Then Brock got pulled up, and then later Cena and Orton came up. But Jim Cornette was the lead booker there, booking the different storylines and the matches and everything. And Eugene actually talked about how... They were having a storyline, and it was John Cena versus Randy Orton at the very beginning of their career. Um, John Cena was 19 or 20, and Randy Orton was 18. And they were facing off in the main event. And Jim Cornette laid out the storyline, the match, everything. And he said they had a heck of a match. They went over two minutes. He said Jim Cornette was furious and lost his mind. That when they came through the curtain, he yelled and screamed and threw a fit. At both John Cena and Randy Orton told them they were two minutes and 17 seconds off, that they couldn't do that, that it was unacceptable, and then he allegedly smashed the windows in the building that they were actually in with his baseball bat, and then went outside and hit his car. And smashed one of the windows in his his own car. And listening to him tell that story and Chris Jericho was hilarious. If you have not heard 
this week's Talk is Jericho. You need to listen to it just for that story. Fast forward through the podcast just to listen to that story because in my head, I have heard Jim Cornette talk so much that in my head, I could hear him being furious with a young Randy Orton and a young John Cena for going over two minutes. That's just how Jim Cornette is. That's that's how he's always been. So I I found that amusing. Um, then I saw it in my podcatcher, and I don't make a regular occurrence of listening all the time to Vicky Guerrero's podcast. I probably should. Um, the times I have listened to it. It has been very good. Um, there's some podcasts that I don't really like that I probably should kick out of my listening and actually listen to this one, honestly. She had Ryback on, and I don't listen to Ryback's podcast. Uh, I'll just be real honest with you. I used to, he used to tell some really good stories. Here, I don't know, I, I guess I quit listening to it last year. It, it just seemed like he was always cutting on WWE and everything they did. And and he couldn't say a good word about them or about their programming. And even I can find something good about them every once in a while. So he could too. But listening to him on Rob or on Vicky Guerrero's show, and it's called "Excuse Me with Vicky Guerrero." That's her podcast. Um, Ryback told the story of what happened back in 2010, 2011, and I'll just be real honest with you: I hadn't heard the story in that much detail. Um, I knew that Ryback, you know, had gotten hurt, that he sued, that, you know, WWE did and said some things, and he sued WWE, and uh, they won't let him use his name. I knew, I guess, the basic facts. But actually listening to him, he said, quote, WWE fired me. Because they thought I was never going to be able to wrestle again, unquote. He said, explain that in 2010, that his ankle was giving him extreme problems with swelling, couldn't get it to go down, that he had did a lot of damage to it. So he had ankle surgery. And the doctors botched it up. That the doctor that did the surgery drilled through nerves that he needed. And he said immediately after he got out of surgery and got his wits about him, he had to make a phone call to John Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace, for for some of you guys, and he tried to convince John Laurinaitis then not to fire him, 
that um, the company thought that he was not going to be able to wrestle. And he said when that happened, he realized that he was basically just a pawn in their game. He said his attitude towards WWE changed at that point, that it became all business, that wrestling became a business, that WWE and how he treated them was always going to be a business. So he sued that doctor over that surgery, and he said that he really didn't know if he would ever wrestle again. Because he didn't know about the nerves and everything. He said then that he received a phone call from someone in the office at WWE. And they said, quote, this phone call is off the record, unquote. And this person told him that Ryback needed to drop the lawsuit against the doctors or WWE was going to end up letting him go. He said at the time that he received this phone call that it, you know, it was some time after the surgery because the courts moved slow. He had gotten his push, he was over with the fans, and he was actually in a storyline with CM Punk. And he said, I was just then starting to make um, main event money. I was seeing that I had a career ahead of me that... I could actually do something. And he talked about how he waited. Well, you know, here I am in this big storyline. What if they do fire me? What am I going to do? And when you think back to 2011, 2012, which is when this time period would have been, there wasn't an AEW. He could have went to maybe TNA, but would they have taken him if WWE would have ruined his reputation? Could he have went to the Indies? Yeah, but would he ever make the money that he would make in WWE? No. And and so he didn't know really what to do, and he decided to trust WWE. And he said he did drop the lawsuit on the doctor. And as soon as he did that, he said within six to eight months, he went downhill. Meaning, WWE started booking him in completely different storylines. Um, they took away his push. They started jobbing him out. He started losing. He wasn't getting the fan reaction. And he said, you know, that really tore him up. And he didn't 
go through with the lawsuit and he said still to this day because of that botched ankle surgery the big toe on that foot still does not work and he said that the nerve that it that they drilled through that is damaged he said is the one that runs to his back that causes part of his pain which isn't allowing him to wrestle at this point. My question immediately was, well, why didn't you refile the lawsuit? Well, he answered that later in the interview and said the statute of limitations had ran out and he couldn't. He couldn't, you know, sue them and the doctor and WWE knew that. You know, I had never heard that story. Like I said, I'd never heard it in that much detail. I didn't realize all the stuff that had went on. Does it surprise me? No. You hear this as you go through history of different wrestling companies, not just WWE, but, you know, they they were about the money. Would this happen now? Who knows? In this day and age with internet and Twitter and all that, I want to say no, but who knows? You know, this, this just happened 10, 11 years ago if we're to take Ryback at his word. So... I feel sorry for him that he can't wrestle. Now, he he says he's on his way back. I hope so. I would love, you know, to see him and him get another chance. But I think we're just going to have to wait. Um, On yesterday's News and Thoughts, I didn't give you the raw ratings. One of the reasons for that was due to President's Day, the ratings were delayed. And according to Dave Metzler... Uh, they may be delayed next week. He said every time there's a holiday, it usually takes them at least two weeks to catch up. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. But Raw's ratings were 1.81 million viewers. Now, the week before, it had been 1.72. That had been a year low. So they gained 100,000 viewers, but this was the go-home show before Elimination Chamber, and they hadn't booked very many matches for Elimination Chamber, so would have thought that they would have had more viewers. But if you listen to my raw results and thoughts, then you know why they didn't have very many viewers. I didn't want to view it. Um, it was a hot mess garbage to me, and I couldn't believe it was that bad, but, um, that is probably why they're getting year lows, because it, oh, I don't even talk about it anymore. Um, speaking to the New York Post, Cody Rhodes was talking, and he said he wants a match against Sting. And he's pretty sure that Sting realizes he wants a match. 
he said that he does not think that the AEW Revolution pay-per-view street fight match is Sting's last match in AEW, unless he would get hurt really bad. He said he just doesn't think Sting has gotten it out of his system and that he wants a match with him. I want to see Cody versus Sting. I really do. Um, I don't know why. I know there's a huge age difference. You know, Cody's in his 30s and, and Sting's, you know, 21 or 61. But I want to, I want to see that match. I can't help it. Um, and it has been reported that Dory Funk Jr. was at, uh, Daly's place for AEW Dynamite. That he was spotted in the crowd with pretty good seats, and no one is sure if AEW noticed him or will show him on camera tonight because he isn't being promoted as, like, being there, like, that he's part of the show. So I think I'll just have to wait and see if tonight we see a Dory Funk Jr. showing. It won't surprise me that, you know, if Iron Anderson or Todd Blanchard or someone like that, Dean Malenko, see him in the crowd that he is not put on camera and they at least call attention to it. Uh, AEW does a pretty good job of that, especially with them not having a packed crowd. I mean... They're still social distancing. So I I look forward to that, and I'm definitely going to be watching to see if I can see him. Uh, but that's your news and thoughts today. I, I've been trying to keep it between 20 and 25 minutes, and I'm hitting the 21-minute mark. So if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, you guys need to let me know at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Wrestling Overtime. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. As I always say, DMs are open. And I will talk to you soon, and I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.